0: Welcome to the Larney Wilson show where I help you live the life you want without guilt, fear, or shame. <sighs> where do I even begin? So, pretty recently, I decided that I wanted to start dating again. It had been it's been a long time. It's been several years, I would say like 2 or 3 since I was dating and I just thought, "You know what, Larney? Why not?" There were so many reasons that I wasn't doing it and I just thought, if not now, then when? So I decided to unpause my hinge profile and start swiping, which I think was a really good choice. I will say that. But I soon discovered that maybe the reason why I had not been interested in dating was because it sure does bring up a lot of your own stuff. So recently, I would say like as I'm recording this, just a couple of days ago, I was going through all of these matches and I just was like, not here for any of it. Like literally everyone I was rejecting. And I really paused for a second and I was like, what's going on here, Larnie? Like, you're really not attracted to any of these people. And the point of this podcast is not to talk about this particular part of the story, but I will just say it made me pause and question how I was interacting with the app and also how I was making my decisions about whether or not to accept a match or to get rid of it. But moving along, there was one person in particular that I had deleted or like removed the match. It didn't match with him. And to be clear, some of you probably already know this, but I am bi. And so I, I honestly have dated people of every gender expression, so many different nationalities and ethnicities. Like I do not have a type. I will say that. And as I was going through this, like there was one person in particular that I got rid of that I just kept thinking, like, maybe I had kind of crossed him off too soon. And he had listed his, he was a potter. I mean, also he has another job, but like he does pottery. And so I had looked up his pottery on Instagram. And I mean, it was really nice. I like pottery. I think a lot of people like pottery. And I was just like, something about him, I, I was like, I just, I just feel like maybe I wasn't very intentional with why I got rid of him. And as I was looking through this pottery, I was like, I really think that we would get along. Like, I just got a sense that he was a nice guy, just like the way that he was showing up in this social media space. It seemed great. And I felt like, huh, I kind of wish I had done my internet stalking before I had, uh, gotten rid of him. And so then I was chatting with some folks on Instagram about what to do next. And my question was, do I just say, you know what, Larney, the ship has sailed or do I reach out to him like via his business email or something? I wouldn't want to reach out on Instagram. I don't necessarily want to share that just yet with someone that I don't know, but like he has a business email. I could reach out on that and sound like maybe a total weirdo would be like sorry that i like accidentally unmatched with you on hinge but like wanna go on a date now <laughs> which sounds like a little crazy i mean i've probably done weirder things in my life but those are my options and the more i thought about it the more that i realized this was not even necessarily about him one of the big questions that i had is like do i want to date a straight white guy being bi, being a person of color, what does that mean for me? Is that something that I want to do? And I posed that question to some folks on Instagram. We were chatting in the DMs and I got some really interesting feedback. And a lot of the feedback was like, okay, well, maybe you're making assumptions about what his identity means and what that means for your identity. And I thought that was really useful feedback because I think that's absolutely true. But what I also realized is that even beyond the assumptions that I was making, I think I myself have been struggling when dating to figure out what does it mean to embody my identity in a way that is authentic and that honors who I am, but that isn't performative. So what do I mean by this? I think sometimes when we are from marginalized communities, whether you're queer, whether you are a BIPOC person, whether you are, whether you have different physical abilities, all of these sorts of things. When you come from a marginalized community, I think sometimes there is this pressure, maybe internally exposed, maybe imposed, maybe externally imposed, that you have to represent that part of your identity. And that that part of your identity has to be like the driver for how you move through the world. And honestly, this is something I feel like I've probably struggled with for most of my life, at least in terms of race, being a biracial, Black-presenting person, and more recently with my queerness. And I was in the shower and I was thinking like, well, Larnie, what does it mean to actually embody? Your queerness or your racial identity? Like, because I'm queer, does that mean that I am only a good enough queer person if I date a woman or date a non binary person? Does that mean that I am not like a person of co- a good enough person of color if I'm dating a straight white man? Like, These are questions that I started asking myself. And underneath all of these questions, what I could see is this question of being enough. It's self-worth. Literally everything always comes back to self-worth. And that really struck me because I think self-worth is something that all of us navigate. But I think especially when we have this marginalized perspective, there are other elements of self-worth that are going into how we feel. And A lot of what we feel and and what we believe is stuff that we've picked up along the way in our life, maybe from primary caretakers, maybe from our communities, maybe from the world at large. And I realized that these beliefs that I've had have really prevented me from listening to myself and from trusting myself because deep down, the reason I'm worried about dating a straight white man is because I feel like I'm not going to be queer enough or I'm not going to be black enough or I'm not going to be something else. Like these things that are totally illogical when I say them out loud. Like I understand that. I get that. If someone came to me and said, I'm worried that I'm not going to be queer enough if I date a straight cisgendered man, I'd be like, baby, you are queer enough just as you are. You don't have to perform Your queerness. You don't have to perform your racial identity. You don't have to perform anything. What do you have to prove? That is what I would say to someone. And that's what I want to say to myself. What do you have to prove? And why is it that who you are in relationship with then dictates or changes some part of your identity because it doesn't? Because you are enough. Just as you are. You are who you are. And you don't have to prove queerness with the person that you date. You don't have to prove your racial identity with the people that you love. You don't have to do any of that. And it obviously makes me emotional (laughs) because I just wish that I already embodied that. You know, I think it's frustrating sometimes because I realize that my own beliefs are holding me back. Like I am a human just like you are. (laughs) And it's frustrating because I do think that when we are finding ourselves struggling with something, whether that is a relationship choice, whether that is a career choice, whether that is something else, underneath all of it is some element of self-worth and this idea of almost perfectionism you know again if we when we have these certain expectations or understandings because of the marginalized identity that we that we are embodying it's almost like how perfect can can we be but that totally bypasses the point that like you're already perfect we're all already perfect And I just can't say enough how important that is to realize. So a lot of people were like, you should you should reach out. You should find a way to reach out. Like if this is someone that you're still thinking about and still thinking you made too harsh of a judgment on, what's the harm in reaching out? And actually had a really great advice from someone who said that to think of it as an experiment. Shelby, I don't know if you're listening, but This is, was so impactful to think of these choices that we're making as little experiments. And I love that reframe. I really do because I think it does take the pressure off. And I think that sometimes what we need is to just take enough pressure off to get started. You know, you might not necessarily need to rewrite all of your beliefs about your identity. You might not need to rewrite all of your beliefs about how you show up in relationship, but maybe if we can just take off a little bit of pressure. If we can just take off the tiniest bit of pressure at the beginning, we can give ourselves the space and the grace to explore. And you know what, especially when it comes to dating, we have no idea how it's going to turn out. You could go on a first date with someone and be like, okay, that was obviously not a match. And that's okay. But you don't get to that experience if you keep holding yourself to this rigid idea of perfectionism Or these really strict rules about how you're going to perform your identity in your life. Like, yes, who we get into relationships with is a choice. But do we want that to be a choice that's based off of our sense of self-worth that is somehow flexible and changing? No. We want to make these choices based off of a self-worth that we know is always there. That we know our enoughness does not vacillate depending on who is or isn't in our lives. And I understand also that like, as I'm saying this, I also realize there are different cultural expectations around things. There are different experiences. Like I think part of this is also that I love my parents. I think that they did their absolute best, but I'm not sure that they fully understood what my experience would be because they don't have my lived experience. Like I think, I think about the fact that like they were together during a time they were married during a time when interracial marriage wasn't even legal in Alabama. And this was in the nineties. Like this was not a long time ago. And I don't know if they, I don't know what they thought about that. Like, I'm actually really curious. Like what did they think about being in an interracial relationship. And the conversations even about race were so different then that I'm not even sure that there would have been the resources to navigate that. And so of course they couldn't know what my experience was going to be as I'm navigating this. And so like, I don't know that I necessarily feel like I had the resources to figure out what it would mean for me to figure out who do I want to bring into my life romantically. And, you know, maybe there's some people that are going to say, well, why does race have to be a part of this conversation? And there's a lot that I could say to that. But honestly, race is such a huge, 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 huge part of life in the US and maybe in other places as well. I've only lived in the US, so I can't speak to other places, but it's such a huge part of it that you can't really escape it. Like, so of course it's going to factor in. Of course it's something. That's going to be also on the table. Like, no one is colorblind here. And I think ultimately what I'm now realizing for myself is that all of these things can be true at the same time. And I don't necessarily need to answer from an analytical standpoint, all of these different questions that I have. That the way, the reason I even thought about dating again was because I wanted to be open to new experiences. I wanted to meet new people. I wanted to just change the energy of my life, which in some ways has felt very stagnant. And that can be enough of a reason. Like that can be what I still do. But instead of doing that, I decided to lean analytical. Which is what I do best. I am great at analyzing things. I'm great at researching things. And maybe you find this in yourself. Like, maybe you also have wanted to put yourself out there or wanted to meet new people, wanted to go on dates. But then all of a sudden you're analyzing, like, okay, well, how tall are they? What color are their eyes? Where do they go to school? Where do they grow up? You know, like all of these things. Which, like, sure, I'm not saying it's not important. But if I come back to the reason why I started doing this is because I wanted a different feeling. I wanted to be able to feel things inside of myself differently, not to analyze things. Like that's not how I wanted this to go. And yet here we are. So I say this because maybe you have also been doing this. And maybe there has also been these elements of perfectionism and performance that have stopped you from actually doing what you wanted to do. Right? Like, I think if I was actually going out there and like saying yes to people, I have not said yes to a single person who has wanted to match with me on this app. Like, what the heck am I doing then? Do I want to go on a date? (laughs) It's like, come on, Larnie. What, 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 what game are we playing? And so maybe you also have been playing yourself a little bit and maybe it's just because you also are scared of getting hurt. You know, I think the reason that I lean analytical In these situations. And I think a lot of the reasons that people lean analytical and try to assess on paper as opposed to pausing and feeling into, okay, what is this person bringing to the table? What is the vibe that I'm getting right now? Yes, what are their answers? You know, obviously we're not just going on vibes here, but like allowing ourselves to feel into the decision instead of analyzing our way in. I think a lot of the reason that we do that is because we're afraid of getting hurt we want to be safe. We want to make the right choice. We want to make the choice that keeps us happy. And like, frankly, as we've been talking about perfectionism a lot, not just in this episode, but in other ones in the past, like we just don't have that much control. And I think that dating apps sometimes give us this um, illusion of control, actually, because it's like, okay, great, there's all these options. I get to see all of this information. Let me like make my data points, and then I can go from there. But that's not really how it works, right? That's not how actual connection works. That's not how we show up and be present with another person. Because if you go into a situation with your checklist and your spreadsheets and your data points, but you're not, you're not actually gonna be in your body. And if you're not actually in your body, present, listening, participating, engaging, then you're not even really on the date. You're not even really showing up as you. So you're not allowing them to make a decision on who you are because you're not being yourself. You're being like, you're being a detective. I have this joke with like one of my friends when she starts to get like over analytical about things. I'm like, oh, that's the detective coming back. And it's like, I think dating apps sometimes give us this opportunity to fall into that. And so then it's up to us. It's up to us to say, how do I want to approach this? And to really, really be mindful of that without judgment of ourselves, right? Like you don't need to judge yourself for analyzing. Like I'm not going to sit here and beat myself up about the fact that I have been overanalyzing this situation with a person that frankly, I might not even like if I meet, but like, I'm going to accept that I did that and say, what do I want to do now? Do I want to reach out or not? It's really, really simple. And all of these other questions, all of these other fears about identity, about perfectionism, about all of these things, like if that's all just about self-worth, let's peel back all of those layers and work there. You know, I was going to bring it back to subconscious beliefs because I am a hypnotherapist. So that is obviously where we're going to go, but it's true. Like it can be so simple. And I think we act like the struggles that we're having are really complex and nuanced. And I'm not going to say that it isn't like your situation is unique and is nuanced. But also what if we made things that we're struggling with a bit simpler? What if we asked ourselves what was actually underneath all the stuff getting in our head? Because all that stuff that I just spent all this time talking to you about, all of that comes down to self-worth. Do I believe that I am enough in who I am as a queer person of color, just existing. Can we be enough simply by existing? Not needing to prove anything, not needing to take any other action, not needing to outwardly do something to show the world how much of this identity we are. Can we just be enough? The answer is yes, but how do we get there? We start by realizing when we don't feel like we're enough. You start realizing every time that you're doing something out of this performative place. And you can ask yourself, am I doing this because I feel like I have something to prove? Or am I doing this because this is just me? And hypnotherapy obviously helps with that. Like, I will absolutely be doing hypnotherapy sessions about self-worth and about identity and being able to just be my identity and not have to show up in any certain way. In order to be that. And I have a lot of hope for myself and for you and for all of us that, like, if this is something you're going through, you can change it. You can shift the way that you start showing up. You can shift the way that you think about yourself. It's not difficult. It might take some repetition. It might take some work at first. You know, we're creating new neural pathways, but it's so worth it, right? To be able to walk through the world, like relationships aside, to be able to walk through the world and know that you're just enough, that you can be yourself, you can be your queer person of color self just moving through the world. You don't have to dress a certain way or date a certain person or be a certain way. Like you can just be? Gosh, that's liberating. And I think you want that. I want that. I All of us want that. <laughs> we just want to be able to be ourselves. So I am right along here with you on this journey. And as we move forward, I think what I'm going to be doing and what I'm going to invite you to do is to become aware of where that performance voice is coming from, where that perfectionist voice is coming from, and just starting by identifying it. Identify this is what it is and then let yourself make a choice. Maybe you'll still make the same choice as you would have before, but you'll do it with more self-awareness. And that, my friend, is progress. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Larney Wilson Show. If you enjoyed this episode, then go ahead and subscribe, leave us a five-star review, and I will see you back here very soon.